welcome uh, to Experience the Truth. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, we are talking about today, the, the title is going to be called Living Proof, um, that there's actually a lot of proof in what we believe as Christians. I have a lot of people tell me, well, the reason why you believe is just is just because you're not comfortable with there not being anything. And because of all the unknowns that you just have this faith in a, of a God of the gaps. But the reason why we believe is we got living proof, but we'll get to that later. But uh, for now, we're glad you're here. If you're watch, you're listening on, on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, we have a lot of different ways that we give out content. It's also on our YouTube channel. If you want to watch us at Bethel's Rock, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we also do smaller pieces of content uh, on TikTok, Experience the Truth uh, podcast. Uh, and we will be starting an Instagram here shortly. So there's multiple ways that you can reach out to us. And again, if you're listening to this uh, today, we hope that you would bring up questions on what yeah. we talk about and email me at Pastor Alex at Bethelsrock.org. But yeah, you were you were watching yeah, man. something it, that kind of tripped me out. Do you ever you like watching documentaries? Oh, I love Netflix. watching yeah, documentaries. I think, yeah, I think in our culture, like documentaries have become the, almost the new entertainment. You know, we had reality TV, and then yeah. which was almost unreal yeah. TV. You yeah. know, they would create it was all made up reality yeah. uh, but documentaries are kind of like the real thing where they go through it so i love documentaries and and if i can't sleep at night i'll, I'll put on put on a documentary and one of them was the scott and lacey peterson thing now you may have been pretty young when this happened yeah but this this is like 12 15 years ago hmm. this guy kills his pregnant wife in fact i brought this up uh, this up when they were talking about abortion and how yeah. in California they'll say if you abort a baby it's not murder because it's not a baby but in this mm -hmm. case they said he had a double homicide that he had killed his wife and his pregnant so it was a double homicide wow even though they say it's not a baby how can it be a you know that's a whole that's other a whole thing. other <laughs> podcast. right but it was so big it was around yeah. Christmas time when this happened and it was all over the news and mm -hmm. it was one of those things where the media kind of convicted. Uh, Scott Peterson and the police would would uh, drip out information saying that somebody leaked it yeah. and they were the one leaking it to get the public to kind of put public opinion. And so I'm watching this documentary and and um, I told my wife, I go, Scott Peterson's innocent, hmm. you know. And and what was interesting was is I'm not, I'm not saying he was a nice guy. I mean, he was having an affair on his wife, yeah. uh, he acted kind of even like a jerk after she was mur murdered and stuff. But there was so much evidence that pointed to someone other than Scott Peterson being the one that murdered her. And the police completely ignored the evidence that pointed to these other people because hmm. they had focused so much on Scott Peterson to the point that they almost wanted him to be the guilty one. And I just heard what brings it all up. I watched it and I thought, yeah. man, this is crazy because media and, and them had so focused on him, they weren't open to any other options. No. And that they just focused on him. And then after the documentary, they must have had a lot of pushback from people or public opinion or something because they. I just heard they reopened the case and they're going to take another look at it. And I mean, in this documentary, there's like all kinds of witnesses that said they saw her, that he would have been nowhere around uh, the area when she was murdered. It, it's kind of kind of crazy. And they even had people that could be suspect, the police 
completely denied that they could be a suspect, even though the person across the street said they were there. Um, they just ignored it. It was almost like they were on a. It's, on a yeah, they they had they had enough. Like right. There, there's someone who told me I I I only know this. I've heard about this before, but it's the thing you ever heard confirmation bias. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. For those of it's you listening, exactly that. it's like when you say that, it reminded me of uh, someone who told me told me about this. It said the the. Google dictionary says the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. So the new evidence that's been presented, it, it even if it did disagree with the theory or belief that you once held, uh, you're just seeing it as, oh, I then know that that small piece of info just proves what I already believe, not seeing it as something that comes across maybe maybe this is there might be a different actually answer than what i thought i believed so sounds a lot like well what and happened confirmation here. bias it gets you yeah. to to disregard anything that doesn't point to what mm -hmm. you believe too so it's it's why the internet i think is uh, that social media has just created such division in our country yeah is because they make it whether they make it up or they they present facts out of context that support or confirm our bias of what we want to believe yeah and we're easily terrorized when we when we get to that point yeah and there's uh the reason why i i brought that that i even heard confirmation bias was because there was someone every morning i go live on tiktok as you know and uh i'll, I'll read the word and everything and uh, what God had showed me is like, Alex, you're trying to debate all these people into heaven. Like if they can be debated into heaven, they can be debated out. And he reminded me like of your, like the reason why you even came to Christ wasn't from an argument in the first place. It was that you came across living proof, not a God of the, just a, of a book or yeah. like, you know, just behavioral modifications. Like you actually encountered me. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, he's put on my heart. Like I sh now I share it literally the same testimony over and over and over every single day. And so I'll have people that's actually funny. That's actually what gets the most reaction and most response because people are like, I want that, not my intellect. They're just like, I want that God that you talk to. How do I, how do I have that? And I remember that one of the guys specifically reached out to me and said that um, after I told him my testimony, because he grew up in the church. I grew up in the church, He was even, his parents are still pastors. He was a worship leader and then left the church. And he, it was because new evidence that he said that was presented to him disagreed with his held beliefs. And uh, he was asking me, he's like, have you ever heard of confirmation bias? And I kind of could figure like mm -hmm. what, what he was talking about. And I saw where this was going. He was thinking that I had confirmation bias, meaning that I wanted so badly to believe this God exists. I kind of manifested this spaghetti monster God in my brain. And I just created it out of my own, like, you know, uh, imagination. Yeah, and, it's a new one, the spaghetti monster. Oh, I hear that all the time. It's like kind of what atheists say, like, I believe in the spaghetti monster God. But so they... um. Yeah, so I was able to tell him, you know, the confirmations. One, when God spoke to me, he told me to go into full-time ministry. I was 10th grade and was mortified to get on a stage or even want to be close to like being a pastor because I just thought, oh, I have to be a good person. I have You're to right. speak on stage. I don't like, I was, I immediately pushed that off. And, um, and then not only that, but then later it was confirmed 
what I internally process in my brain through someone else. Someone came up to me and said, what you're thinking right now is not from you. God is asking you to go into full-time ministry. But it wasn't even that. It was also the power and presence of God that rested on me after he said that. And I believed it. That's what changed me. And so that was one encounter I had. And I told him this. I'm like, do you honestly think that that was something that I just conjured up? Or like, and I understand it's an experience, so it's not held as fact for you. But if you, if, if I'm describing and it is, and it is true what I'm saying, what would you really think that I went in there wanting to believe this? And so that's how it happened to the point where someone in a room of 300 went up to me and said verbatim what I internally processed in my brain, someone who didn't really know me, like. Well, crazy. You know, I, what if if confirmation bias bias had been involved in that, mm-hmm. it would not have been in the direction that you went. Yeah, you weren't. It wasn't conform confirming a bias that you were wanting. Yeah, it was confirming against the bias you wanted. You didn't want to be a part of it. The word was confronting what you were resisting. Exactly. So it it doesn't even make sense. And I think a lot of these discussions mm-hmm. and why debating and arguing. It, 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 there's no logic engaged in a lot of it. And and no. I'm pretty much a person that says, well, let's logically look at this. Yeah. You know, when you look at uh, Jesus, I mean, the Pharisees were th- this way. They yeah. did not want Jesus no. to be the Messiah. Now, isn't that an fu- amazing thing? Hmm. He, they, w- they were all preaching the Messiah yeah, and that he was coming. But they weren't really wanting him to come because when he shows up they had already created what the messiah should look like yeah and the messiah should look just like them yep right and and he comes he's different from them they're they really don't care for jesus one because he calls them a brood of vipers yeah he attacks a lot of the systems that they had created for people to walk in and so there's always a, already a resistance there, which then caused them to ignore, even though they could see it, the very miracles Jesus w- was doing. In yeah. fact, at one point, they said, um, you're doing them with the power of the devil. And Jesus stops and looks at him and says, be very careful right <laughs> now, because yeah. what you're attributing to the devil was done by the Holy Spirit, and that, that's blasphemy which was the, you know, the unpartable sin comes from because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can reveal God to us, the Son to us. Yeah. And they attacked basically what Jesus was doing as being from the devil. Yeah. And, and I think the big one, and you brought this up when we were talking, is when Lazarus was in the grave for three days and Jesus goes and calls Lazarus, hmm to come out of the grave and he steps out of the tomb alive yeah. and he's been dead for three days. There's no prep work before this to say, let's give him a shot and pretend he's dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, yeah. and then three and in four days I'll show up and Jesus waited. And the reason he waited was because he knew the medication that made him look dead was going to take four. Yeah. So I'm going to, sh- there's none of that. All the stuff he faked you the see, moon landing. Type yeah. Thing. <laughs> it's like people come up with the craziest yeah. ideas because if, and then they say we're confirmation bias. You have to confirmation bias takes requires you often to take a ridiculous point of view, illogical point of view, and then and say somehow that that supports my. Own. Jesus shows up. He calls Lazarus out of the grave. Jesus predicts his own death, 
and resurrection and then is seen he's seen crucified on a cross and witnesses identified that they saw jesus just wasn't there for a day he was there for days and and even weeks after the resurrection and they still refused Mm -hmm. to believe he was the messiah yeah there there is this sense like the people who were in this trial with Scott, where they focused in on a theory, they focused in on a on a point of view, yeah. and they refused to look at anything else beyond mm-hmm. that point. And some would say, well, Christians are a lot like that. They refuse to look at, well, I, I think, especially in today's day and age, there's people looking all over for things, and more than ever, Christians are wanting to know the truth. They don't they don't want to just run after a religious report per, uh, approach. They want it like you. They want to know the voice of God. They they want to be able to communicate with Him. They want to talk to them. I see, and we can get down on where the the state of the church in America today. And I would say there's a whole lot of evil in our world and in this country. Mm-hmm. But I I would say quite frankly. We're moving from people who who are claiming to be Christians but had no relationship to more and more people saying, if this is real, I want to know it's real. I need yeah. the experience of this, and, and I'm not just going to run after a bunch of, of principles and rules because that's supposedly godly and it'll make God happy with me. I want a relationship with God. And, yeah. and so I, I see more and more people saying that rather than blindly following. Yeah, the, the verse that we're, we're talking about, guys, is um, in John 12, 9. And this is something that stuck out to me. Like, you know, we always hear about the plot to kill Jesus, right? Uh, but this mm-hmm. is like, God showed me this year. I'm like, wow, like how have I read this over and over again and I missed this part? Like I just kind of blew past this part. It said, and when the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came uh, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. And then in the, the little footnote, it says, when the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death, it betrayed an outstanding uh, refusal to allow their beliefs to be changed by undeniable facts. They would rather destroy the evidence than change their minds. This is not rational behavior, but sin produces irrational action. They wanted to put to death living proof. And, and, and that's just the reality of if the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it to you, and I mean, Jesus said, be careful, guys, you don't know what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. if you blaspheme me, the Holy Spirit, it's like taking away your gla- glasses, you'll never find the way. You know the story of Lazarus and the rich man? Yeah. And uh, the rich man goes into the pit, right? Mm-hmm. And Abraham and Lazarus are there, and the rich, and these, the rich man yells, hey, guys, because this is back when Sheol yeah before the cross before jesus liberated the righteous from sheol it was called sheol Mm -hmm. and when christ went down after the crucifixion and he liberated those who had died in faith of jesus coming he released them from the prison of sheol and took them up to heaven it was at that point that sheol turned into hell Mm -hmm. and he preached to him but jesus tells of the story when Abraham and Lazarus were there, and the rich man yells, say, hey, can you please 
send somebody back or tell somebody to preach to my brothers to tell them this place exists. And Abraham shouts back and says, they have their prophets and they have their teachers. But even if you were raised from the dead and told them, they wouldn't believe. So we're so convinced that our arguments can argue people in without the Holy Spirit opening their eyes to see, which is why it's so important to pray for people that we want to. So what we're doing is we're calling on the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of people so that they will have eyes to see. See. You know, Jesus says it again and again. He that has ears to hear, let them hear. He who has eyes to see, let them see. Essentially what he's saying is, this is this is going to be completely blocked to you yeah. unless the Holy Spirit opens your eyes. And how does that happen? Somebody, every person that's come to Christ came to Christ because somebody was praying for them to see. Because like the Pharisees and these brothers of the rich man, unless the Holy Spirit opens their eyes, they're not going to believe. Wow. That's, it's a sobering thought. Like... Um... Because then you think, and the question goes to, well, like, what if no one's praying for that person to see? Or what if, like, you know, what makes someone good enough for God to to open someone's eyes? Do, or, you, do you, That's the great question, Alex. Mm-hmm. It's in in for decades, mm-hmm. the church in America was a praying church. Yeah. We, we, the enemy has deceived us to really question or doubt the power of our prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we don't always believe if God, if it's God's will, he'll do whatever he wants. Yeah. And my praying isn't going to change it. So I'm just going to let God do what he wants. Why would I waste my time if he's not, if he's going to just do whatever he wants? Prayer moves God into action in areas. Well, do we, if, if you, you know, how many grandmothers have prayed and prayed and prayed and never seen their grandkids come to Christ? Hmm. But after they were dead a number of years, they came to Christ. And I'll bring that up and I'll say, did you ever have a mom pray? No. And they, they, how about a grandmother? Oh, yeah, my grandma prayed for me every, she said every day. Wow. She was praying for me. She, those prayers were being answered. You got to remember, there's no timeline in heaven. Yeah. It's not like God doesn't work on this linear time plane he he connects into time so someone is praying now is actually connecting to someone in the future in god's eyes like our prayers move mountains yeah um and when you're asking god in fact the bible says it it's the equivalent of a remembrance or a memorial mm-hmm. when that's broken down in the in in the language it was written it it's it's actually a graveyard monument that's what it refers to. Yeah. Um, so when you're praying and you put that word and that prayer, what you're doing is you're putting these monuments in God's front yard. So in the morning, God doesn't sleep, but God gets up, let's just say, go out the front door, and he can't get get his mail because there's so many graveyard monuments in his front yard from people praying. He says, who's putting all these monuments? Get this thing taken care of because it's like, it's in my way. You yeah. know, it's the persistent widow who kept praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. The, the, the scripture is very clear multiple times that um, we can pray people, yeah. that, that the Holy, pray for people and that the Holy Spirit will go and try to draw their heart. Draw. They still have to decide. Yeah. But we get more caught up in knowledge. Yeah. 
it's like the tree of knowledge. The tree of knowledge is our solution. If if only they know, if I could just give them more knowledge. Still if, don't. If I could just show them how foolish that is. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible says that he makes the 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 intelligent foolish. Yeah. You know, they it's not always going to be an argument that's going to get someone's attention. It's not. I, you know, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing I come to realize. I'm like, well, maybe they're just, there are some people that just don't know. They're oblivious. Yeah, right. And there's some people that have, you, and you can always tell by the questions when they ask it. It's not that they're genuinely seeking. There, there's no, like, there's no hunger there. It's more so just waiting for you to answer a question so then they can bash you over the head. Mm -hmm. Like they're not like it's throwing pearls before swine. Um, but well, it's, they it's, ask it because they expect you're not going to Yeah, know. it's like the Pharisees, how they asked. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, when, when they talk to Jesus and they say, well, there's a man that is married to uh, a woman and then she like, and then he dies and then she remarries and then he dies and then she remarries and he's like, who is she going to be married to in heaven? And he goes... Like, don't you know, like, you do you not know anything about heaven that right. no one will be given or received, right. like, in marriage? And so it's like, those type of questions, you kind of get the Pharisee spirit when people ask them. You can kind of, like, tell. It's like, it's so, it, but knowledge, and even if I did, and this is always what I tell people, I'm like, even if I were able to, if I were smart enough to be able to answer every single question that you have, you know, you know in your heart that you, you're not looking to believe. That's why you're coming up with impossible statements and questions because you don't want them to be answered. Yeah. So it's like in our heart of hearts, uh, we, we subconsciously say we're actually looking for truth. I actually, this is what I, I, I asked. I can't remember. I was, remember I was on a live and I, I remember asking, I'm like, if this was actually real, if what I'm saying is true, this testimony is true. I'm like, would you want that? Would you want to follow this God? And I had, a bun I had a bunch of people say, well, no, heck no, I wouldn't want to serve that. And I'm like, yeah. don't need to be here. <laughs> it's, it's like the Pharisee, they, the, or the Pharisee lawyer, yeah. whatever it was, that came to Jesus and said, what's the greatest command? Yeah. They're trying to trip up Jesus. Yeah. Then there's the story that we talked about last week in Nicodemus. Yeah. And Nicodemus said, I want to truly know. Or the rich young ruler said, yeah. what must I do to have eternal life? Mm -hmm. Three different approaches yeah. you know, uh, of coming to Jesus. And Jesus yeah. spoke clearly to all three. Mm -hmm. But he recognized what the lawyer was doing. So he returned it with an argument yep. that they couldn't argue with. Yep. The, um, you know... I, I think we, as Christians, we think because the only way that they process information is through information that we need, that's what's going to get them to change. Yeah. Th but they're not aware that the reason we came to Christ wasn't because of knowledge. Yeah. We came to Christ because of the experience. Yeah, and, exactly. And the knowledge followed the experience. Mm -hmm. The understanding followed the experience. Mm -hmm. When they came to Jesus... They had an experience of healing. Yeah. They had an experience of deliverance. Yeah. They had an experience of of depression to joy. They they were fed. They experienced Jesus in some way. Yeah. And they had an interaction. And it was that interaction where they experienced God in a bod and they followed. Yep. And from there, understanding came. And the Pharisees said they took note. These unlearned, learned men yeah. were yeah. very wise. Yeah. 
And I think it's the wisdom comes after the experience. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we try to take the wisdom we get first before to argue them in, mm -hmm. and they just can't see it. They no, don't I, have eyes to see it's it. It's the same thing. It's like, well, Hebrews, I always talk about this because it's sin puts a veil over your eyes. Yeah. And it talks about that in Hebrews and keeps you in unbelief. And, and that's like, people are always saying, well, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It's like, well, all you know is this. Yeah. All you're looking at is through the flesh. You're like, I can't see. Alex, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, and then you open your eyes and it's like the aha moment. And I can relate the aha moment to being like, and this is why I always say, I'm like, you ever had um, your parents tell you like growing up not to do, like for me, my, my example was, I remember having like neighbors and I was never allowed to go inside their house never allowed to go inside their house. And I was like, I, I hung out with them all the time. We'd go play in the neighborhood and I wanted to go in there inside their house so bad because uh, they had like cool, it was like video games that they had or different toys that I wanted to play with. And I was so annoyed with my parents. I'm like, why are my parents so strict? And later down the road, it came out like at dinner that um, the reason why I couldn't go over there and play was because they were drug dealers. And I remember like, Oh, everything <laughs> that I had like the different things in my brain all just clicked at once and everything came to me. I'm like, Oh, it's like the same thing with you follow Jesus, all those different preachers, all the different state, everything that people were trying to tell you, it all just like, and it's like those movies there. You see like the camera, like yeah. zooming out and then slowly like zooming back in and someone just has this aha moment. Like, that's what I just think of. Like when you come to Christ, it's just like, well, it's, I'm awake, like it, what? You know, in John chapter three, where we talked about it, it said, when you come to Christ and he, you can now see the kingdom of God, you can see the unseen. Uh, once you come to Christ, something that you couldn't see. You know, one of the interesting questions um, that, that you would hear in testimony, or not questions, an interesting testimony you hear from a lot of people who were raised in the church. Yeah. You hear them talk about how, oh yeah, I got saved when I was young, mm -hmm. but then I wandered away, yeah. and, and then I came back when I had this experience, and now I'm serving the Lord, and I want yeah. to go into ministry. And, and you'll hear pastors or, or people that want to become pastors to tell the same testimony, it seems like, over and over again. Or they'll make this statement, they'll say, yeah, I grew up in the church, but they never preached the gospel. Hmm. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't in a life-giving church when I grew up. You'll hear that even in, in, in new attender dinners when we do that. Yeah. When new people come in and say, "Yeah, you know, I was in. I grew up in the church, but they really didn't preach the gospel. They really didn't talk about the power. Of God. We didn't really see the Holy." Spirit. And then I, so I wandered away, and then now I came back, and now I experienced. And we think, "Oh, wow, that that must have been a bad church, right?" <laughs> Which isn't. It, it's not even. Uh, it's not even fair to do that yeah. because quite frankly, um, there was n not necessarily a salvation experience there. Yeah. They never heard. If they were to go back and listen to it now once they are believers yeah. in Christ, they might discover, oh, actually they were yeah. preaching the gospel. What I discovered was I didn't have ears to hear hmm. what the gospel. I wasn't yeah. listening for the gospel. Just like when you talk about the radio. Yeah, I was interpreting it differently than what it was. And now that I have ears to hear, I it, you are preaching the gospel. Talk about frequency when you talk about God yeah. speaking. So so in Kairos, which is something we do, on, and you'll see this online, um, 
you can't really follow Christ unless you hear his voice. And I know there's a lot of people out there um, that say, well, I'm saved, but I never hear the voice of God. Well, you're actually disagreeing with the Bible then. Hmm. You, Christian means follower of Christ. Yeah. And if you read the scripture in the gospels, it's Jesus makes this statement. He says, uh, my sheep know my voice. John 10. And they follow that voice mm-hmm. when they hear it, right? Yep. Um, so you really can't be a follower of Christ and not know His voice. Mm, yeah. So whenever you hear even some preachers say, "I never heard the," I've never heard the voice of God. Yeah. I'm like, then uh, avoid that at all. Co- co- if yeah. they can't hear the voice of God, why would I follow you? Yeah. Because you're not following the voice of God, right? Yeah. So what what it's the equivalent of is you have to get in the frequency mm-hmm. to be able to do it. and there's an illustration called the the parable of the radio station yeah like in this room right now mm-hmm. is all there's all kinds of bands yeah. talk shows there's all, all kinds of music and mm-hmm. uh news stations all playing in this room right now yeah um, and, and it's in this room, yeah. wherever you're at, it's wherever you're at in that spot, it's all there. Mm-hmm. The only reason you can't hear it is because you're not in, you're not tuned into the frequency yeah. of it. So you have what's this box that has the ability to tune in to a frequency and then you can hear the band in the room yeah. uh, as though it was in the room. Um, the same is true with the voice of God. Voice of God is always there. The word mm-hmm. of God is always there. It's that God is speaking, but a lot of times we're not tuned in mm. to the frequency. So the next question is, is don't be, are you going to just be like every other preacher, tell me what I'm not doing right, and then leave it at that so I can yeah. feel terrible? So you say, what? how do I get in the frequency of it? Mm. You get into the frequency of it by entering Sabbath. Mm. God God really speaks at when you're at rest yeah that's true and that's the frequency he's going to speak at when you stop and most people can't stop because they're afraid of the voices they hear when they stop all of the guilt and shame and condemnation so they stay real busy that's so true so they can ignore that condemnation and shame Mm -hmm. and in reality you got to stop and then it's in that condemnation, shame, and guilt that God speaks through yep. it and, and eliminates it. And it's why he says you must take a Sabbath rest. You might, yeah. you know, it's why there I believe that the Sabbath is Sabbath is essential for a person's life, yeah. is the sit and rest so that you can hear from God mm-hmm. and know that voice. So do you think it's this is what I and I have conversations with people because it's they'll tell me all the time, well, I'm just too busy, I can't go to church, I can't I actually just had a conversation with someone last night about it. I'm our bro, like, and this is what I think someone has said this before, so it's not my quote. It's like, you're too busy not to spend time with God. Like, you you can't afford not to, like, how busy you are not to spend time with God is so foolish. Like, you you don't have a, like, I don't know if I'm even saying that right, but what what he was going through, he's like, well, I got this, I got that, and I got that. And I'm not saying that, hey, you need to take a vacation. And then that's the only time that week you take vacation is when you hear God. I think a lot of times rest, like you can rest while you run. But I think a lot of people miss, like they, they put God out of order. And so they're going to the thing to think that they'll get them that they'll they'll get rest from and they'll put God second, third, fourth, or fifth tier, and then he's gets the leftovers and they wonder why they're so like disorganized in their brain and they're so stressed out and 
And well, he God won't take leftovers. No. The Bible says, seek first exactly. the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And everything else will order itself around that. Exactly. Whatever you put first in your life mm-hmm. determines the order of everything else. So if you yeah. put yourself first, yeah. selfishness is going to order everything else. Yeah. And if God fits in, we'll put him in. Well, God's not going to be in your life. God isn't no. in your life. If he's not first of all, he's not, he's not at all no. in you. Uh, you, you know, when we come to salvation, we realize that I order everything in my life around God. Yeah. That's what being born again is, is this yeah. realization that if I get in order and and plug into the tree of life, everything else organizes around my relationship with God, mm-hmm. and he takes care of all of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But like Adam and Eve in the garden, when they disobeyed, they covered up and hid. Yeah. And that's what Jesus tried to come and destroy. That's why this is good news. Yeah. Is because, yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah. You don't have to hide, though. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not coming to try to bring guilt and shame and no. condemnation on you. That, that's, that's what he delivered us from so that we could be in relationship uh, with him. Yeah. But you, you have to seek first the kingdom of God. And yeah. people who say, well, I don't have time. Of course you don't have time. The enemy doesn't want you to have time. The enemy does not want you to rest. Yeah. Here's here's another truth. Mm-hmm. You do what you want. Yeah. You say, well, sure. I, I'd love to lose 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Can I be honest? You if you're not losing 10 pounds, you don't want to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> Because the reality is, and this is human, this is the reality. The Bible says that when we come to Christ, he changes the desires of our heart. He yeah. gives us the desires of heart. He writes the law on our heart. What yep. that scripture is saying is he created you to operate based on desire. Yep. So you chase a girl that you like because you have a desire for her. Yep. You, you will put yourself out there in a whole group of guys, and they'll be laughing at you and mocking you, and you won't care because no. you have a desire for that girl. You do what you want to do. If you actually wanted to lose 10 pounds, you would lose 10 pounds. Yeah. If you actually want so- to get in shape you would get in shape we love telling ourselves that we want to do something we don't really want to do so we say yeah i would love to go to church no you wouldn't or you would you you know if if uh and it's a great example of something uh that there is a situation where somebody missed a, a a meeting and they said, well, I was at another meeting, and I, di- I didn't know that if I should leave early or not. And I said, well, had uh, that been a football game that you needed to get to 20 minutes later, would you have said, well, I shouldn't leave this meeting because I had planned? Mm. No, you'd leave the meeting because what? You wanted to be at the football game. Yeah. You do. You make you, Everything revolves around what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. We don't like to believe that because we're a little embarrassed by some of the things we revolve our life around. Yeah. And... And but if God's it, if you put God first, you're going to hear His voice. Yeah, I've seen some. That's a, I always relate it to girls with, especially when I'm talking to guys about God, because it's I'm like, bro, I'm, I I I don't know. Sometimes I'm maybe too upfront when it comes to like people that say like you want to follow God. I'm like, no, you don't, bro. Like, because I I know I know for a fact how you operate when little miss walks by like and everything drops like oh i got work i'm calling in sick like I'm, <laughs> everything just stops and uh, for that pursuit of that girl you like and in 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 the in the effort to woo her like 
no one's ever too busy. Like I am convinced that no one is ever too busy. And if you are, you best believe there's going to be arrangements made in order to well, get the desires. But, but of their think heart. about what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm too busy to take time for the Creator of the universe. Yeah. The all-powerful God. Yeah. The one who sent his son to die on the cross, the one who forgives me of my sins, the one who's yeah. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the one who's Jehovah. If I believe he is all of those things, he will say, but I'm too busy for him. Yeah. What? I, I mean, mm-hmm. what are you really saying when you're saying you're too busy for him? If who is the most important person, if, like who is the most iconic or the person that you would drop everything for? in yeah. the world today well it's like it's like um because i do this sometimes too so i'm not even this i'm speaking from experience there's things that like i it comes up in conversation with people and it makes me sound better if i say that that's my effort or like man i really should get in the gym <laughs> or i really should go and do this because it makes me sound better and it makes me feel better thinking that what I know I ought to do, but I know that I'm actually not going to do it. Otherwise I would already do it, but it's something that I say to make myself one feel better and sound better when I'm talking to other people. So same thing when people talk about coming to Christ, it's like, no, it's like if he was really, cause it's not, it's not just like an extra curricular activity that you, you know, like a checkup or something, or you go to like a, like a chiropractor or like, you know, some, some type like health benefit, just an add on or getting a massage or something like that. Like it's like, no, is it the thing that sustains you? Like, do you, I don't think people look at God, like not like a crutch. Now people will say, well, Christians just believe in God because it's a crutch. No, it's like, is this the thing that sustains you? And if it were, there would be things where it's like, you know, I can't bro. Like, I know I got this going on right now, but I need, I need, you know, I need you, a retreat. You, you, it's funny. Time. You say Christians look at it as crutch. Yeah. You're underestimating me, brother. Yeah. He, he's more than a crutch. Oh, yeah. That's what I would say to that, and I have said that. When they say, well, he's just, you know, this cool God thing's a crutch to you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. He's way more than a crutch. <laughs> That's a good way to put he, it. He's way more than yeah. a crutch because without him, I can't survive, man. No. I pull out, I'd be like you. I'd be as miserable as you if I didn't have... <laughs> have him as much because the reality is god is my provider yeah. god is my hope god yeah. is my joy god yeah. helps me walk through the most hellish times of my life yeah uh, god gives me purpose god is the, yeah. the thing that i'm looking forward to seeing when i die so i don't fear death yeah. god is he's way more than a crutch yeah. and if you think i'm saying he's a crutch i have completely understated who he is in my life that that's the reality i i think mm-hmm. a lot of christians especially in america have experienced the prosper and and, and and an interesting thing here let me yeah. throw this thought out there and i had this thought while i was watching i believe that the prosperity of america was solely tied back to the generosity of believers in this country the faith of believers our mm. grandparents who were incredible people of god prayer people of prayer in fact the baby boomers the generation that we tend to attack was the largest godly pop- population in American history, and the number, and, and just by virtue of the number of people and church-going people, but God, generosity, just a number of stats that show uh, who they were as believers, and we're seeing that diminish. And in that, as we're seeing that diminish, we're seeing more and more of an uprising. Of cultural confusion, yeah, across the board, yeah. right? 
Meanwhile, and and within the prosperity of everything we experience is back is really tied back to that. Meanwhile, China, the largest Christian church in the world, it's a communist nation led by people who who are killing people for believing that God even exists. There's tolerance for you. And and, and we're the intolerant one. But they're killing people because yeah. they believe in God and they believe in Jesus. They have a state church and the state church tells the people what to believe by the government telling them this is what you're to believe. This is the gospel you preach, right? And yet, there are more born-again believers in China than any other nation in the world with India following, and they are experiencing prosperity in a communist economy. That of how the United States has grown in its economy and, and the strength of that nation is growing, just as the United States did in the capitalistic economy, they're in a communist co economy and yet the Church of Christ is growing at an alarming rate in that country. Yeah. Is it because of the economic vision and strategy? Hmm. Or is it because of the light of Christ Providence. that's in them and God prospers his kids even in the most difficult of times yeah. where they're giving their life, they're giving, and you have to stop and you have to consider because we don't want to believe, like we look at China as being the great Satan. And hmm. yet, the church in China is a dominant force mm -hmm. that has been silenced and covered up by the government. Yeah, the thing that you say, like, it's kind of funny how you catch, because sometimes, like, I can become defensive sometimes, how the, the question is phrased by the unbeliever, because I've heard span the spectrum of things made fun of Christianity. One of them being, like, so for that, it's funny how you flip it. It's like, it's like oh, yeah, that's right. Why am I, when, when the biggest excuse for, for relig like, people of, of faith is saying well it's a crutch for you it's like well yeah it's more than that actually <laughs> and you can't you can't do it by yourself like bro and, and the other thing is it's like well sky daddy you worshiping him like a this sky daddy in the sky yeah. like and i've i've said yeah i do like that's yeah. amazing like where's your dad at He's going to be dead in the grave one day. My <laughs> God, I get to go meet him and I have a conversation with him. And it's not only tied to the earthly wealth that my father can provide me. Like, my God, power, the spirit he's given me that raised Jesus from the grave, eternal life. Like, you want to talk? I got peace. I got, it's like, yeah, who's your dad? Like, yeah. my, my, my dad's pretty big. Like, you know, the, when people try to mock those things, yeah, uh, we don't need to. T we, I, it's it's almost like we're too afraid of getting picked on for what we believe. Yeah, and 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 it's this. I but my identity is given to me by God. Yeah, so I don't need to defend me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in high school, um, you know, you know. My, my daughter was telling my wife a story that, you know, almost puts you in tears when we moved here um, and how hard it was to, to really make friends in middle school. And we moved to Minnesota when she was going into middle school. Horrible time to hmm. move to another city is between yeah. fifth and sixth grade. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's a, an identity crisis already in your life. And then you don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, it made her stronger. But it, as a parent, it just busts you up. Well, I, it made me think back to my childhood. And uh, when I gave my life to Christ, I gave my life to Christ. I didn't backslide. You yeah. know, I didn't have that. I went away. Like when I gave my life to Christ at that point, 
12, I think it was 12 years old. I remember the moment clearly as I, we were talking about last. And I remember being alone Hmm. in that moment of graduation and all my friends were out doing their things and uh, I think it, it may have been that night or a night after that where someone got killed in a car accident because they're wow. drinking and driving and and uh, jumped a hill and crashed car and was killed and and I'm by myself because I, I just didn't want to be involved in certain environments that compromised character and it wasn't that I, I, I want I didn't want to be there but it was lonely. Hmm. And in those moments, um, I understand why it's hard yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. You know, and I understand nobody wants to be laughed at because they take a position on something. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, you were crucified. Yeah. You were spit on. You were naked on the cross. All of that embarrassment you took on the cross with you. So, Lord, wow. in the end, I'm believing that in the wow. end... I, I'll be the one mm -hmm. that they'll be looking at going, wow, hmm. wow, I wish I had taken your road. Yeah. And and that's hard to do when you're young. It's mm -hmm. hard to to recognize that. So when people attack us, I'm, and, and what do they do? When you can't win an argument, you go to a personal attack. Poopy head. Yeah. <laughs> that, and, and that's what happens every time. So it's not going away. People yeah. are bullying. They, if they can't argue into their thinking, yeah. they'll bully you oh, into your yeah. thinking. And it's funny, the most, I always say this, and I always like come at, people do not like it when I say this. I was like, it's funny, you are claiming that I'm the hateful one, because people say, you're being hateful. And they'd be like, that smug smile on your face, you're so arrogant. And I'm like, I have not said one thing harmful for you, but if I believe what I believe, I don't believe in a lie, and I believe this to be truth, and one, I believe it's good news, and I'm saying that you can have this. You're the one that's hateful for some reason, impressed about an imaginary God, and and two, you say that Christians are the narrow-minded ones, and the ones that are not accepting, but yet, I have not said any hate towards you. Yeah, I've made truth claims, and you have been the one that is that have attacked me, not my idea, you've attacked me personally, and said hurtful things towards me, but what have I responded with? And the funny thing is, I'm like, you're the way that you are acting, you claim to be inclusive until someone disagrees with you. And then your true colors show. And the true colors that you show is you have a tyrannical ideology. And the same way you're acting towards me is the same way Hitler did. It's a seed of it, but the same way that you're acting towards me is when something doesn't align with you, take them out. Yeah. right you are not inclusive i know you feel like that but you are not inclusive and in the equivalent is it's also in like you're not intellectual when you, i'm like at least come give me an argument of why you don't believe and let's have a conversation and i have people who do that all the time but if you're going to resort to like well you you're this and you're that and you're a like you're delusional and you're drinking the kool-aid and stuff like that which great whatever the gospel is delusion i'm, I'm drinking kool-aid and uh I'm like what you sound like is the two-year-old that's overwhelmed and when like or the five-year-old that's overwhelmed and doesn't really know words yet and is trying to develop an argument and just gets so flustered and they just come out with you poopy head like that's what you sound like because you're so flustered and angry you look foolish like so well, the, i get that all the time the great the great thing that jesus did was and you got to think this is the son of god and there yeah. are all kinds of people wanted to prove him wrong very smart leader and yet yeah. Jesus uh, 
just knew how to say the right words in that moment that did, made them stop. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we're constantly being challenged, but mm-hmm. I, 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 we, we need to more than ever before put ourselves in the public square and have conversations with people. We need to be fishing for men. Yep. And there are many people, there's a lot of people that don't have ears to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's really what you've been doing, Alex, when you go on. There's a lot of people that don't have ears to hear. They just want an argument. Mm-hmm. But within all of that pond of fishing, you find a fish, someone, mm-hmm. a, ma- a, a person who's genuinely seeking and wanting to know answers. Yeah. And in the end, the argument isn't what gets them yeah they just know it's right Mm -hmm. you know i had a friend in college uh that a roommate actually and when we were getting married he goes how did you know heather was the one you were supposed to marry i said i just knew (laughs) like i dated girls yeah and they were great but when i dated heather there was a point where i knew this it really was two weeks into it i just knew she was the one i was going to marry like I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. I can't have an argument to describe to you how it was, yeah. but I just mm-hmm. knew she was the one I was going to marry. Mm-hmm. So I told that to him. Well, I get a call, and he said, you know, he was getting serious with this girl, and he says, How'd you, uh, tell me how you knew. Like, explain that to me. And I said, well, if you're wanting me to explain it to you, it's not the woman that you're supposed to marry. Mm-hmm. And he didn't like that. No. You know, because when you're in that pain, you're worried. Am I yeah. ever going to find the, the person I'm going to marry? Mm-hmm. So it didn't work out, right? They moved on. Well, he started dating another girl, and and he texted me back and he goes, "Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I understand what you meant and why you can't explain it, but you just—it's like there's there's another sense yeah. in your mind that isn't spoken, but you just know. Yeah. And and when you come to Christ, yeah." You, you want me to tell you how I know? Yeah. I'm telling you, when you experience this, you, you just know. know. You know. Like, you just know that this is. So when they say, what would it take for you not to believe in God? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you could prove he wasn't resurrected from the dead. Yeah. It wouldn't change the fact that I don't know. It'd be hard for me even to not believe then uh, because I have this overwhelming sense of just knowing like in nothing else in my life i just know and this people come people come from it and so that's what i got it also showed me as i begin to argue that god showed me he's like well alex you're you're talking to them and you're talking about spiritual things but they're of the and it really came from that last podcast i dug in deeper to that and i was a, we we're preparing for the born again like podcast i was just like yeah that's right like they just they literally only see flesh and they and they think that what i'm approaching them with is because i do like going into logic and arguing mm-hmm. and then walking out their their logic and like showing them that that just doesn't make sense i'm not even arguing the bible i'm just okay let's that's that's walk out that idea that you are right. making against me to show them that it's a lie i i'm trying to point out the lies right but the thing is what then when i say my experience and my testimony they're like well that's so closed-minded how am i going to prove that and stuff i'm like i'm sorry you like can't. you can't i'm sorry you can't and i'm like i and I, I always say i'm like i'm not on here arguing uh with you because i'm insecure with my beliefs and i need to force you to believe this i'm saying you have ears let let hear this hear this good news i'm 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 on here right now 
on my day off, like I'm trying to tell you that there is something that is so great and I want you so badly to know. I'm not, I'm not on here trying to get a pat on the back and say, wow, you're right, like great. If you even believe, if you don't, if you don't enact that and you know it's real and you live in opposition, that's just as bad. I'm just trying to tell you and present you that there's something real and there's something more than what you taste, touch, and feel on this earth. That there is a real spiritual realm uh, that you have not been accustomed to before. So I can debate logic, I can argue, but at the end of the day, you are born of flesh and been indoctrinated. People say this is another argument. People say I'm indoctrinated. Like funny. Because I would look at the same way as you, that you've been indoctrinated because flesh born of flesh only knows flesh. I've been born of the spirit and because of I've been born again into the spirit, I see things that aren't aren't uh, talked about in culture. I don't see things what I can touch, taste, and feel because yeah. of the spiritual realm. Again, that's another, so you've been indoctrinated. Yeah. yeah we all have. Yeah, exactly. It's a worldview. It's a that, different thinking. It's it's a of course you've been indoctrinated. Yeah. Everyone it's just is a sexy indoctrinated word. with a worldview. It comes yeah. back to what your worldview is. You're you was reminding me of uh, 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 a man in uh, I think it was in Lebanon. Yeah. Um, who was Muslim mm-hmm. and he left Islam. Yeah. And he became an atheist. Didn't just said I don't believe in God at all. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, and at some point became a Christian. Yeah. And when asked, he was giving his testimony, when they asked him, what was, what was the initial, initial thing that really started you to consider from being in Islam to being an atheist to then considering that there is a God but to have a different worldview of him yeah. from what you grew up in? And he said, you know, the reason I looked at Christianity is I noticed as an atheist, Christianity is the most attacked. I noticed as an atheist, there is more attacks focused. And in Islam, if you're Islam, there are many people that would just embrace it. And they would say, oh, great, I'm glad you're, you know, they, and surely there are people who attack Islam. But he said, by far, by and large, Christianity is assaulted more and more. And he said, I knew, what, he goes, by that fact alone, I realized I wanted to take a look at it. Well, Why is it picked on so much? Hmm. And he said, when I begin to look at it, he said, I begin to recognize that this is often what is attacked the most is actually the most real. Wow. And he and in said, but it wasn't the argument that won him. It was the experience yeah. of when he what he had come from was obligation yeah to thinking he was going to be free from obligation and no fulfillment yeah to a place where he he felt real freedom yeah and freedom wasn't the escape from something freedom was living out who he was hmm. it's it's so hard to describe something to someone that they've never felt before and yeah. that's the thing that I don't know. The only way I can describe it, and even then, it wouldn't even make sense to you. But but you get so focused in, yeah, on something and and, and attacking something. And this is the, when yeah. you do that, y- you miss yeah. truth. And that happens in the church. We get so focused in on it's a, this is like I said one time, the cross is not the center of the gospel. 
Well, for years, that's what was preached in church, cross, center of the gospel, cross, center of gospel. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. The cross is the door to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Jesus does not share his glory with a symbol. Wow. Jesus, if we're sitting there worshiping the cross, we are missing, missing the, the point. point. Jesus did not die on a cross so that you would worship the cross. He died on the cross so you'd worship God. Hmm. That you'd put him, that you would sing about him, that he would be the center of our faith. He, mm. he and his death and resurrection is the center of our faith, not a symbol. No. And, and uh, the power, there's power in what Christ did on the cross. Yeah. The power is through the Holy Spirit. It's not the cross. The symbol exactly. doesn't have the power. Mm -hmm. they, there's no power in the cross. But we've been singing about it for so long. We've raised generations of Christians that think the cross has the power. Mm -hmm. The power is the word. Yeah. And the word is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is truly the answer to everything. The yeah. cross is not. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I'm the way, not the cross, yeah. to the kingdom of God. I'm the way to truth, life. I am the way yeah. to that. Uh, and, and, and we really got to get put back to the point. And, but there are Christians, they get so focused on this is the way it is that they miss life and they're living in obligation and they're yeah. struggling through this walk and it's so tough and they're not enjoying it and they're not having joy and they, they don't, when it comes to worshiping, it's like, I'm tired, I don't wanna go to church, I don't wanna do those things. You know, that's a, that's a, a point where you gotta stop and say, if I don't want to put God first in my life. There's something wrong. There's something that's not right. Yeah. Like it's not right. Well, my dads were saved and he didn't wanna do it. That doesn't mean he was right. It yeah. means something's wrong. Like, shouldn't God be the love of our life? Shouldn't yeah. everything ro revolve around him in our life? Yeah. And that, and um, I always tell people, they're like, well, I, I want that. And it's like, okay, are you actually seeking it? Are you seeking him, looking at him like Santa Claus? Like, he's only, are you seeking God for who he is or what he can get you? And then you wonder why God doesn't speak to you. It's like, well, you, you're not even looking for him. Yeah. You're looking for someone to fill the need that what you truly want, what yeah. truly has your heart. And so today, like, you're listening to this, James 4, 8, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And what I do a lot of times when there's things that I don't feel or I, I have unbelief, and it usually comes with trials in my life, I, I, just, I just recite the word back to him. God, you say that if I draw near to you, you'll draw near to me. God, you say that you're closest to the brokenhearted and heal those who are crushed in spirit. God, you say that you're my father. God, you say the spirit that you gave me is not a, does not make me a slave, but makes me a son, that I cry, Abba, Father. God, you say, and I begin to tell him, or remind him of his word. And as you, as you begin to dig into the word and are able to, to not only, it's not even that it's something magical about that, but it combats the lies that we believe in our head that keeps us from perceiving God for who he is and attuning to the right signal so we can hear his voice. Um, I believe that he can, he can speak to you today. And I believe that he already has been speaking to you. And there's been things, uh, it's almost like, you think it's your conscience or you're watching this right now and you're like that is such a coincidence like you would not <laughs> believe like what you just said is what like so and so down the road just told me or i just i just heard like another youtube message that they just talked about this this is such a coincidence uh the things of the spirit 
can only be interpreted with the spirit. So if this is making sense to you in Corinthians, it says without the spirit, this is foolishness. So if this is making sense to you already, there's, there's a work that's being done and maybe it's an answer prayer from a relative or someone praying for you that this would one day make sense to you and you would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But it, it, it's simple as this. It's not a behavior. It's not a certain amount of times you go to church. It's looking up at that cross and what Jesus did there, identifying with your sin to put you back into right relationship with God Amen. and saying, I believe in my heart. And the only person that can know your heart is God. When he came to earth, he said that no man need to witness about the hearts of man for he already knew the the human heart. So you're not trying to fool Pastor James. You're not fooling me. You're not fooling anybody else. Jesus knows your heart. And if you believe in your heart and confess that he's Lord, you're saved. It's as simple as that. This relationship is very easy, but we tend to want to jump through hoops and obstacles because we're insecure with how expensive this gift is. I remember I had a, uh, a buddy of mine that actually in a hard time uh, when I was, when my parents were going through it and my dad had like relapsed and, and then I was tight on money and I couldn't afford a place. And I remember a buddy um, ended up like, it wasn't even, my, it was an acquaintance at that time, offered me like his whole basement in his house. And then he would not accept payment. And even though I didn't have money, it felt, it made me uncomfortable. Cause I was like, I, I gotta do something for you, man. Like, are you seriously not gonna take this? And he's like, no, nope, won't let you do it. And, and I think that same uncomfortability of like, there's no way this is free. It keeps us from actually accepting the free gift because we wanna try to earn it. Friend, you don't have to try to earn it. This gift is for you and it was already paid in advance 2000 years ago. And it's about time that you would accept this. Uh, but this is this feels like a type of message that we should we should pray for for you listening or you watching right now. I don't care if you're a Christian or you've been a Christian for 25 years and you treat God like your sister, not your bride. Like what you talked about in your message, just because you grew up in the church doesn't mean you're saved. Just like you living with your sister doesn't mean you're you're married, married to each other. So Father, right now I pray yes. for everyone on the other side of this screen or even mm -hmm. listening right now, God, and they're just listening to the words that are being spoken and there's just pinpoints that are just affirming everything that they have had curiosity about you. God, I pray that those the lies of the enemy that would tell them that this is a coincidence or this is just by accident that they're listening right now. God, I pray that that would be affirmed through the word, through a, another person that, or, or just this message that they're hearing. Would this be confirmation that the God of the Bible is real and he doesn't want to remain in the scriptures of this book. He wants to transform their whole entire life. God, I pray for the, the unbelief just like the man that was seeking healing from you, Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, right now, I pray for the people across the screen that they would encounter the real power and presence of the God of this Bible, Jesus. And I pray that your spirit would draw them uh, to yourself, God, and bring understanding. God, I pray that you would unveil the sin that keeps them blind to the spiritual reality and something mm -hmm. that's so much more real than the things that they'd ever have touched, seen, or felt before. God, I pray that 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 power would just enter this that room and that vessel 
God, right now, Jesus, I pray for freedom, God, and I pray for understanding, uh, Jesus, and I pray that this peace and love would overwhelm them and attribute glory to your name, Jesus. I pray this in your name, amen.